Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Bestas Hashem, Bayez Pnimi, Men, Shir number 6. We're going to talk today about what it means to honor another, including honoring your wife. And we need to understand that men and women have very different languages of what honoring means. Um, very often you have a kavana, you mean to honor somebody, and they get insulted or even hurt by it. You see this a lot when it comes to different cultures. When an American tries to honor a Japanese person, or vice versa, um, they relate in such different behaviors of what honor really is. And an American, without even realizing it, will want to honor the Japanese person, but will behave in a way that he'll be insulted by it. And it's it's just a foreign country, a different culture altogether. And we need to understand in a certain sense... It's men and women are that way too. We're very, very different, different um, personalities, different understanding of what covered really is. And remember, the Aleph Beis is that according to what they want things to be, how they view honor, that's how you honor them. To figure out what's important for them, what makes them feel good. You need to learn that, even if you don't understand why that makes them feel good, or you say to yourself, Pertain to yourself, it's really not a big deal, or I would think differently. But if that's what they want and they communicate that to you, then you act in a way that may be different than you would do in order to honor them. But if that's the way they want to be honored, then that's the way you behave. So, um, like Rabbi Yo Goldschmidt in his um, books, Dear Son, Dear Daughter, Basically is that he said this, and it's important to know for Hassanim and then for married people who are married for a long time, that getting married means that you're moving into a new country. It's a whole new language, a whole new mode of thinking, a whole new way of relating, a whole new way of behaving that you're not used to in the past. And that's true even if you had a lot of sisters and you know how the females interact a lot. Someone doesn't have sisters and maybe even harder, but... It makes no difference. It really, really is a different sugya altogether. It is a whole new parsha, And if someone's married for a long time, they may not even be aware of that. Um, and once they realize that, and when you learn to realize that, that, that your wife is different, your women are different, and you know that you need to now show her love and honor in a way that's unique to her, to understand to the best of your ability what her needs are, like we talked about in the previous share, number five, her unique character, her desires, her way of thinking, her way of processing, her way of feeling, her way of communicating. And in truth, I'm, I told, I said this many, many times, you all need to understand this. You do not have to be a, 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 one of these greatest menchanchem or psychologist or psychiatrist or... No. You all have that ability. And whatever you don't have, you could learn. Once you begin to learn how to understand your wife better, you will be able to communicate with her and conduct yourself in a way that's truly respectful, truly honoring her, truly expressing the love to her for her the way she wants, which will make your marriage overall really better. In the previous shir, shiurim, we discussed a maisa with Rabbi Cheskel Abramsky, that when um, he told a visitor came in to go to the side and he talked to his wife and had a very long conversation with his wife, and it's kadai to review that shir, and we're going to elaborate a little more on that, 
because on that particular Misa, because there's a lot of nuances to that Misa. He told this visitor, after talking to his wife for a long time about his own experience, he basically, by tea, talked to his wife for a long time on trivialities, it seemed, that he went there and he went there and he went to him, and so on and so forth, and that's what his wife needed. Rabbi Bramsky understood feminine nature, and in particular the feminine nature of his own wife, and honored his wife, and expressed his love to her in the way she would feel it, and he sensed that the way she needed to feel it is for him to share his day in detail with her. Like we said before, to listen is one aspect, but also to talk when your wife wants to hear it. Oyhava Kagufa, loving her like himself. And Rabramsky told his wife all the minute details of his day because he knew that is what his wife loved to hear, needed to hear. And for them, it was not the accomplishment of what occurred of the story, but the experience of itself of sharing this. She wanted to feel that her husband is sharing that experience with her, and she wanted to share it with him. Um, and that is that connection is what was very, most important. And he realized, you know, it wasn't just, he came home, he could have just said with a pleasant smile, good morning or, or good afternoon, how are you? No matter how pleasant he would have been and how smiling and, and, and showing some care with very warm words when he greeted her, that's not enough of what she needed. She, he, he, felt, he saw and sensed he needed to sit down with her. He needed to provide her his full undivided attention. He needed to share his experience of the day with her. So, and that was 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 important to her, and he knew that, and wasn't yoyt to stand by just being warm to his wife and saying thank you and some warm words, and just be yoyt with that. Although that would have been beautiful in and of itself, but he felt he needed to do that. So, in this country, he goes through this story that he told his wife, and I guess the visitor really remembered the details of the story. And from the words, the superficial, seemingly superficial words that he told his wife in this whole long-winded story, you have pearls of wisdom, like it's brought down that Tamide Chachamim, that that even their Sichas Chulin, their non-Taira discussions, have tremendous, tremendous lessons to it. So one thing he said, as he was saying he was walking someplace, he said, from there I walked up a hill, and it wasn't too difficult for me. That line. And that was with a chachma that he said it like that. That from there I walked up the hill and it wasn't too difficult for, for me. And he, what he was intending to say is that because women tend to worry about things, they are worried. Very often they're worried. That's why when a chassan or any husband who's coming home late, more than later than expected, needs to let his wife know. Um, otherwise she may worry about you. She may start fearing the worst. If she has a sensitive emotional nature, she can imagine terrible things that are happening. So part of your caring for her and respecting her is making sure that you do whatever you can to prevent her from experiencing this agmas nefesh. And sometimes it's a simple call to say, okay, I'm going to be late. These little things that show that you care, that means a lot. That's the building blocks of the relationship. So what Abramsky said he was worried, you know, he said right away, he, he walked up the hill, and right away he hopped. Okay, but he was he's an older man, it's an effort, you know, it's a strain. He calmed her right away. It wasn't too difficult for me. You know, I, it, it was okay. I was able to do it without a problem. 
It wasn't, but he didn't say it wasn't difficult at all. He said it wasn't too difficult. So he's sharing a little bit of his experience. I walked up the hill. It wasn't that easy. So I'm sharing my experience. He didn't say it was nothing, but it wasn't too difficult. So don't worry about it. I'm fine. Those little nuances of those little experiences that affected him, that he shared with her, created that deep connection. So he's able, she's able to hear that experience that he walked up that hill, even though he's an old man, older man, and yet not have the Agmas Nefesh of worry, because he said, he assured her, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't so difficult. I was able to do it. It's a perfect balance. Perfect balance of a Godladar in his elder years in the way he worded his conversation with his wife in the most maximum possible benefit. And then something very, very interesting he said. He said, I went to Rabbi Cheskel Sarna's house and he treated me with a tremendous amount of COVID. Now that smacks of a little bit guy. That's a big chiddush. He said he went to this Godel's house, Rabbi Cheskel Sarna, and he was mechabed me with a tremendous kibbud. Normal circumstances, when you say that, it, it's a little bit of a gaiva l'chaira, right? We know that, generally speaking, it's not pleasant to be around people who talk like that all the time. I went here and he, I went to this Rosh Hashiv and he said, uh, uh, my chiddush was amazing and, uh, you know, people talk like that all the time. It, it's not, usually not appropriate. So this was a chiddush. For Abramsky to tell his wife, you know, I went to Rosarna's house and he was mechabed me tremendously. But he did this on purpose. He did this on purpose because normally it would be something puzzled to say. He would never say it to anybody else to, to make himself look, you know, good. But he, for his wife, he did it because it was a mitzvah to speak in this manner to her. He didn't say it in a Balgaivadika tone. He, she, his wife wouldn't appreciate it if he would be arrogant about it, of course. But he said it in a way to show and to give her a chavivas to realize that he is important in a big godel's eyes that creates a a, a, a chiba between him and his wife. Similar to this story, it's a famous story brought down with Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, who, knew, who everyone knows, Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky was extreme on of. He hated people standing for him in a room, always avoided attention, did not like when people stood up for him. But he made an exception once. What happened was, is Rabbi Yaakov and Rav Cutler was much younger at the time. They are both going to enter a main hall of one of these, I think, Agoda conventions. And Rav Schneer suggested to Rabbi Yaakov, like Rabbi Yaakov would normally like to do, let's not go in in the front and let everyone stand up and everything. Let's sneak through the side door so that that'll avoid other people standing for them. Rabbi Yaakov shocked him. He rejected that idea. And you know what he said? He said, it's different now. Our wives are here in this meeting. It gives them tremendous hanah to see everyone honoring us. And also, by them seeing us getting such covet, it makes it easier for them to put up with all the intrusions of our time through the year. All the time through the year, people are calling us, knocking on the doors, and so on and so forth. And the wives go through so much inconvenience by the fact that we're constantly busy and picking up phones and knocking on doors and 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 staring our personal life and our wives know our roles and and are compliant with it and are happy with it but it's hard work for them we want to show them appreciation so we need to go in the front door have everyone stand up for us 
show us tremendous amount of covet so that our wife should have a sipaka nefesh, should have an enjoyment from it, and and so they should have some nachas, that they should have some nachash, nachas. So you see from here too that despite Rabbi Yaakov hating covet, people didn't he did not like when people mechabed him in this manner. Over here he used his chachma to realize my wife's here, and it's important for my wife to see me being honored, and it and that overrode his own discomfort. And he acted in a manner that will give her the most satisfying, you know, sipaka nefesh. And he was very, 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 Ryak, if you read his, his biographies and so on, you see how careful, in general, these famous stories with him, with the Shalom Bayis and Yonim uh, Benegea Ryak, he was very, very sensitive to that. And, um, and if they would not do that, you know, it would, it would, it would be lacking. And again, we need to understand that Rabbi Yaakov then was a tremendous Zalkan Rishner, was a lot older, or a lot younger, I mean. But it's clear Rabbi Shner lived his life also according to the seaside of Shalom. And the fact that Rabbi Yaakov thought of it, not Rabbi Shner, doesn't mean anything. And actually, Rabbi Shner also wrote and, and was extremely sensitive with Shalom Bayez. It's just there's certain points where certain G'daylam at certain periods are Mechadish, that Ryan and that Machshava. And over here, Rabbi Yaakov is the one who thought of that Ryan and that Machshava. Then also, Rabbi Bransky, as he's talking to his wife, he said the following. He said, you all, you know already that, um, that I hold there's no need to expand the number of those who take part in the Vad's meetings. You know what type of person he is. And the Chazal say that women are better judges of character than men. And you know how anxious I am to finish the project quickly. So he said these things that you know, you know so well. He's complimenting her, really. He's trying, he, in his little, like, side way of talking, Agav, he's acknowledging to her, you're a, knowledgeable per, per, you're a knowledgeable person. You understand this. You realize this. You're giving, you're basically, in, a, in an indirect way, you're giving her a tremendous amount of COVID that you're respecting what she knows. The, the, the main Nakuda of everything I'm saying in this year up to this point, which is important for you to. To, to know, and that's why I'm pointing it out here, is that just like over here, in in the casual conversations of, of Cheskel Ramsky to his wife, you see in the casual conversations, there are many expressions that he used and said to make her, his wife, feel in high regard, in high esteem, and praising her in, in indirect and direct ways as he is talking to her. And this is a habit we could learn to adopt. Okay, we're not Rabbi Chaskal and Bremsi. We're not in his madrega. Understood. But we have a certain subtlety within us and we have the ability to learn how to do this more and to enhance when we have conversations with our wives to pick them up as we're talking to them. By basically, when you have a conversation with them, even on trivial matters, you're basically saying, I'm not aloof from you. I'm not separate from you. I value your opinion. I value your thoughts. I value your ideas. And that's what women, the wives, really, really need. They need to feel that their husbands are truly and deeply connected with their wives. And she is connected with him. And that's why it's important to often to share major and minor details of a husband's wife 
a husband's life with his wife. And we talked about this in the previous shear to remember this, that even though in Perkei Ovis it says, Al isha, don't talk too much with the Isha and even your own wife, that's not talking about these type of scenarios. It's talking about in Yonim of Lashon Hara, Rechilas, things that could cause negativity, putting yourself down, saying things without Chachma. But sometimes a Riboy Devarim, to share your life and expand in that, like we're describing here, that's not what the Perkyovis is saying, Al Tarba. Over there, you're supposed to be Marba. Over there, you're supposed to share. That's the only way to develop an intimate sharing relationship with your wife. So while, let's say, Ravigda Miller said a lot that you don't share with your spouse negative information about each other, especially what you did in the past, what's the point? You know, if there's no constructive reason to do it. Um, and and, and, and uh, generally, you should say everything's fine, everything's okay, and you don't need to elaborate on, on some things. But there are scenarios where it's very, very important to share with one another and to be myrich sometimes with talking. You see this Lahavdal, you know the stories with Rabbi Sol Salanter and others where Rabbi Sol Salanter did this a lot. He saw someone was um, felt downridden and depressed. He used to talk to him about everything under the sun, and his Talmudim were like shocked at him. You know, he weighed every word carefully, especially L, you know, like not not one word is extra. And here he's talking and talking and talking and talking about trivial things just to uplift someone else's spirit. Kolsch came with one's, one's own wife. It's very, very important to do this. We've been assigned with a story about Rebel Yashiv. That's an unbelievable story. What happened was is the, um, Rebel Yashiv one time was asked a, a Shaila about a new technology of the way they harvested grapes through a machine, and there were Goyesha workers act, you know, working on that machine with a tractor and a whole complicated process. And the Shaila of that machine and the way it was done that was operated by non-Jews, whether it becomes Yayanesech or not Yayanesech. Now, Yashiv, in order to answer the Shaila, he would have to go down to the vineyard to see how this machine is working in action in order to paskin. But because of technical reasons or other reasons, he was not able to go to that visit. So they suggested that they film the machine operation in full. And Rav Yashiv, which watched the video of the machine, and Rav Yashiv agreed, the Atednem and photographer was hired to film the machine in operation. And then he came to Rav Yashiv's house and he set up all the equipment. This is probably the first time and the only time Rav Yashiv actually saw a video. And here's an interesting thing. The someone of Rami Shai was there and he was made on this that um, that everything was ready. He got so Rav Yasha got up, saw that it was ready. He said, One moment. He entered into the room where his wife was, his Rabbitson was, invited her to watch the video too. And this was the first time in his life that he would watch a video. And he knew that his Rabbitson, who also never before saw a film, would enjoy this new technology. So he only said, a few words to his Rebetzin, you know, and invited her over. You see that godless, that is part of the godless of understanding Shalom Bayes and what it's all about. Yabakai Kamenetsky used to say that from the time of the Hasana on, all thinking needs to be in terms of we, not I. Before you get married, there's an I, and that I takes an account Okay, you have other people that have to deal with the eye too. Sometimes you do chesed. My eye is doing chesed for the other eye. Fine. But here, you look at yourself as we. It's not just I. There's a we. 
You have to be in the state of honoring her all the time. Be in the state of loving her all the time. Not just to show it to her. It becomes part of you. It's the state of who you become. It's the state of who you are. And that's the direction of and, and where you need to really, really uh, focus. Brings down the story with Rapam. Rapam's Rebetzin was born Erev Yen Kippur. So every Erev Yen Kippur, there will be flowers on the table in honor for her birthday. So one year the Rebetzin told him that he appreci- she appreciates the flowers, but he doesn't want him to spend Erevian Kippur, precious time, Erevian Kippur, buying flowers. So Rebetzin was asking him, okay. But the next year came, the flowers were there. So what was Rebetzin's excuse? He, he, he agreed that he was going to stop. And he just said, I said, I couldn't let a birthday go by without giving you expression of Akar Satayv. I can't do it. So yes, all of us has have marriages that we're very busy, or sometimes high pressure, and sometimes we have a lot of stresses, and sometimes we feel a little disconnected, or a lot disconnected. But there's a, there's a there's an importance to take that shift across, and to change the I to a we, and as a chassan that would be beautiful. But you could do it no matter how many years later that you're married, you do that. Okay, I just want to be the same over here to share. That Mr. Shem, I'm telling you, it is doable for all of us. You don't have to be under Madrig of Rapam or Rabyavka Kamenetsky or Richeskal Abramsky to start going in that direction of changing the I to a we, to being more nuanced and more sensitive to your wife's needs. And little by little, step by step, you'll see it'll do wonders in your marriage. And it'll be benefit, the most it'll benefit, it'll not just benefit your wife, she'll be a happier person, a more loving and joyous wife. You'll be a happier husband in the process too. The whole marriage will get better. The whole sviva and aver in the home will be better. Especially with his children around. They'll be influenced in a very positive way. It'll be a beautiful thing. Hatzlach and bracha.